Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome into Vikings Ventline. The show was made for days like today. We are your Vikings therapists every single Sunday after Vikings wins and losses. And, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff. This is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. If you want to join the show, you can send us an email at vikingsventline at gmail.com. Declan is screening uh, fans and guests to bring them on into the video. If you enjoy Vikings Ventline, remember, Purple Daily is seven days a week on youtube.com slash Podcast and in podcast form as part of the Purple Daily umbrella. So. Um, yeah, I think we have to get to the first things first here, which is if I'm Dan Bailey and I'm looking for uh, something to make me feel a little bit better this afternoon, a Corona hard seltzer spiked sparkling water is probably where I'm turning. Declan Goff, natural flavors imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. And I think we should pour one out for Dan Bailey, who's going to be updating his LinkedIn resume. Oh, man. And I was going to say tomorrow, probably right now. Yeah, this is going to be a right. rough. It's going to be a rough couple days, uh, and maybe the next couple weeks for Dan Bailey. I, I usually only bust out the blackberry lime in celebratory fashion, boys. But after this one, I need this. Like I need this blackberry lime, and so does Dan Bailey. Thanks for my friends at Corona Hard Seltzer. Yeah, and I got to be honest here, Corona Hard Seltzer, a hundred percent. I'm all aboard. I needed something a little stiffer just for today. So, um, <laughs> Dan Bailey, it's been a good run in the Vikings uniform. You made a few kicks, but um, you lit yourself on fire today in Tampa Bay. I saw Courtney Cronin post something, Judd, that this this is the worst single-game kicking performance since 1961. Nobody has missed three field goals and an extra point without a make <laughs> since 1961. And as my hat says today, I will point out that Adam Vinatieri is still only 47 years old, and I'm only partially kidding when I throw his name into the ring. Where's Longwell? Week. Bring back Longwell then. I mean, heck, I think he's golfing in Florida. Uh, yeah, this was um, – this was so there, there's always the Vikings twist, right? There's always the twist, and you don't know exactly what that twist is going to be, but we shouldn't be surprised that, that it comes down to a kicker. And I will go back to what I said on Mackie and Judd last week, which was before the Jacksonville game. Like the special teams was on fire. They were goofing up. They they were the Marwin Magoofs. But the one thing that they had going for them previously was, I think Bailey going into Jacksonville had missed uh, two extra points, if I'm not mistaken, or two field goals and an extra point. And for the first time in how long, Vikings kicking was like 
a non-question mark. It was a non-starter. We couldn't complain. Bailey was doing his job, and the last two weeks and today were horrific. Down to, I will say this, okay? Um, the second quarter, 54-yard field goal that you sent this poor mess of a man out to attempt when you clearly should have just punted at that point. Uh, it's almost like Zim was in on the torture. It's almost like Zim said, you know what? Let's make it worse. This SOB <laughs> deserves it. Uh, it. It was, as Joe Buck said, and he's a thousand percent right. I don't care if you like him or if you're a Vikings fan and going back to Moss, you hate him. Joe Buck was right. This was extremely painful to watch. Dude, yeah. Like watching, I think watching a man fail at such an individual, like if it's Kirk, I usually don't consider it hard to watch. It's just like, well, Kirk struggled or threw a pick or something. Um, I think watching a man who's basically on the stage singing a solo each time he kicks and his voice just keeps cracking. <laughs> it was, I mean, Dude. I, I felt, I felt probably Phil as much sports empathy as I can feel for a person <laughs> watching him just continue to fail. And, and by a certain point, knowing he was going to fail and he was basically being sent out there to fail. So, you know, Dex and I were actually we were we were talking back and forth on uh, on just instant messenger right right after the I think it was after the last missed kick. And I said, I'm sort of torn between I kind of feel bad for him. And they keep showing his little lonely walk back to the sidelines, like just to go hang up by his kicking net. And, you know, you it, you know, it really is like watching. Uh, you know, an infielder like Chuck Knobloch with the yips or like I watch a ton of golf and sometimes you just see guys, they can't make a five foot putt and they'll, you know, they'll miss three or four of them in a round or they just won't be able to hit a, a drive in the fairway. Mm-hmm. And so you're watching a guy, it, it, but you're watching it times 10 because he's 100% going to lose his job off of this and he'll be able to feed his kids. He's made millions of dollars for years. So, I, so like part of me was, yeah, I feel bad for him. This is a meltdown. Everyone's watching. He knows that he's going to get fired. Like he knows he's going to lose his job. And it's just a matter of do they let him get on the plane or does he get to fly back? And then they, you know, they boot him on Monday. But the other, the other part of me, and maybe I'm being callous here, Judd, was do your job, dude. Like you're a professional kicker. What are you doing? Why are you missing the kicks in the same spot to the right every single time? And I get that it's easy for me to sit here on my ass watching the game on my couch, you know, with a drink in hand, like make the kicks. You know, I get that it's a high pressure job, but that's you know, when it comes to professional athletes and spots like that. It's like, you know, you literally have one job all week and it's to figure out what, what, you know, what that groove is. And he lost it last week and I feel bad for him. But at the same time, it's like, you know, do your job. You know, somebody else is going to be in here and they're going to get a shot next week, I guess. I feel zero empathy for him. I don't, I, you have one job and it's to kick field goals, dude. You, you, it's the most simplest one track minded job on the football field and you can't do it. I, I feel I have zero empathy. Once it starts to go wrong and then you, you are, are sent out to attempt a 54 yard field goal on which you have no shot and everybody from me to my dog Stella knows that <laughs> um, it was, it was tough. It was tough. And you know what the problem is? Bailey did not listen to Friday's Mackie and Judd keys nope. to a Vikings win, right? That's if right. he had done a shot of Bailey's before the game, <laughs> he would have been relaxed. He might have been drunk, but he would have been relaxed. He didn't listen. And, uh, yeah, and uh, also, I believe now in the past two games, uh, the quarterback has been sacked 10 times. So we're back to the the QB either holding onto the ball uh, too long yeah. or or the pressure is too great. So the, there are uh, – 
there are lots of pro- problems here. And this does come back to what we discussed, though. This game, and it's completely fair, was a referendum. It was the referendum on this team. Like, you beat Jacksonville barely. Jacksonville got smoked by the Titans, right? You beat Carolina, a last-place team, barely. You lost to Dallas. So I think it was very fair to say, uh, go into Tampa today and don't do exactly what they did, which is sort of came apart at the seams in various ways. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, and let's and obviously the focus today is going to be on the kicker. Like it was just an historically bad performance, and I get that. And you could make a case that, you know, let's say he misses the 54 yarder because those are those are those aren't gimme kicks. If he makes the other if he makes the 50 and under field goals and the yeah. extra point, the Vikings have the ball with five minutes to go ball in their hand and a chance to come back. The fourth quarter Pharaoh, Mr. Game winning drive. Dan Bailey took the ball out of my guy, Kirk Cousins hands. And so Dan Bailey is going to be the centerpiece of the discussion. But whether it was, you know, the half dozen sacks or the Vikings defense not being able to stop Tampa for long stretches or whether it was, you know, I'll even you know, those are the things that, the, the, that I think we can pin on the Vikings. I think there's a discussion to be had both pinning it on the Vikings and pinning it on the referees, the end of the second quarter swinging yeah. momentum in this game. And I am oh, not a big, yeah. I'm not a big blame the officials guy because I think that's an easy cop out. Yeah. Bad calls happen, you, you know, overcome bad calls. But in that spot, how long did the clock linger on one second as the Buccaneers yep. and 43 year old Tom Brady are running up and trying to spike that football? Yep. Clearly a hometown clock operator situation. And then, According to Kevin Seifert from ESPN, our friend from ESPN, he couldn't find through ESPN stats and information any Hail Mary pass interference calls on the defense since 2009. And like that's the instance, well, just a ticky tack call where they're going to throw the flag for the first time in a decade. Come on. And he also tweeted that I believe in trying to draw the parallel of the exact same type of play that um, that Gronk drew the P.I. on Todd davis on i believe he found that went back 20 years they couldn't find one so so like a hail mary pass in that predicament going back 20 years espn stats and info could not find one so yeah no i that was a bad call um but you know what make your field goals don't melt down offensive line block guys i mean kirk freaking cousins was tarkington today He's yeah. just taking off left and right, but uh, crazy legs, cousins, baby, but you know running what? around. This this comes back to the simple question: How good? Not is this team going to be eventually? How good is this team now? And, and without Kendricks there, uh, with some key missing parts, and and a team that basically, I think when it hits a rough stretch against a decent opponent, sort of melts a little bit. I think the question today was. Answer. Now, that does not mean that they're not a playoff team because, you know, that that last seed is um, certainly doable still, although I think the Cardinals are going to jump the Vikings today by beating the Giants. But this was the game in which we said, if you're a playoff team, you got to beat either the Buccaneers, the Saints, or possibly both. Yeah. So you got three games left now, and you're going to have to beat the Saints on Christmas Day there, which is going to be probably equally as tougher. I would say probably tougher than trying to win today. Yep. And I just have one more thought. And then it looks like Declan has lined up just a ton of Vikings fans here. And we're going to, and, and we're going to sit back and be your therapist for what you watched for three hours today. But um, all the things that the Vikings, you know, the non-kicking things that the Vikings need to be checked on, whether it's, you know, the half dozen sacks and all the things that, that we'll talk about. I don't want to understate 
just how deflating those missed kicks can be. So you're you're going in, you you know that you're an underdog in this game, you know that it's Tom Brady, and they're coming off a bye, and you're bracing for all those things, and and you jump out to a six nothing lead, and then he misses the extra point. It's like, all right, all right, that's that's not super deflating, but it's like, dude, just give us the seven off the bat, right? Okay. And then it looks like you're about to take a 14 nothing lead, right? It looks like it looks like you're gonna jump out to a two touchdown lead. And a couple things happened. Thielen drops the one arm pass, and that you know, it, I hope that doesn't count as a drop, but like that's a ball that he normally catches. And so then they and and then Dan Bailey misses the chip shot after I think it was a sack of Kirk Cousins. And and it, you could just sort of feel like the air, whether it was the coaching staff, whether it was the players, the fan base, even the announcers are just like, holy cow, the Vikings have dominated this game and the kicker is is having a case of the yips in front of everybody right now like that so not to exonerate them for all the other things that they just like weren't good enough at today but when your kicker sets a tone like that and deflates the whole team it's a little bit understandable why things then start to go off the rails later on the big the big picture question off of what you just said though phil is this why has this happened what seems like way too frequently with the same coach? The Carlson game, Green Bay, you win that game. Um, Blair Walsh, you win that game today. So I, I would, would say that the common de- denominator in this entire conversation is why has this seemed to happen way too frequently for what sh- should be, to Declan's point, a guy's job with this coach? Yeah, and, he, that's, but- a fair, and th- that's a fair question. It is, dude. He is he is the worst possible head coach for kickers. You know, we yeah. we 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 talked about this on our show this week, and and you know so, you know these these kickers they're not they're not like your classic tough. Now Vinatieri his prime, I think, was more like he was like a football player. Sebastian Janikowski, these guys were more just like Teflon minded guys, right? Mm-hmm. But most kickers are golfers in shoulder pads, and and they just sometimes need a coach to put when they're struggling. You know, the last thing they need is is for the coach to, uh, you know, to 10x that feeling of you're letting the team down. A lot of times they just need someone to put their arm around them and say, dude, it's all good. You're Dan Bailey, man. You're Dan Bailey. You're one of the best kickers in the world. It's all good. Like Mike Zimmer is not that coach. <laughs> he no. is the opposite. He is the opposite of that coach. Yep. And I, I think whether it was Blair Walsh or whether it was Daniel Carlson or in this case, Dan Bailey. Um, I think you can sense that and it just makes it harder. No, those guys still have to go do your job either way. Like make, make a chip shot field goal, make a 40 for your field goal. So I like, I don't, I'm not putting all the blame on Zimmer, but Zimmer has in those situations where kickers just need a little something to help get them back over the hump. Zimmer, instead of throwing a rope, Zimmer's like pulling the rope back over the cliff saying, no, no, I'm not going to try a 54 yard field goal. (laughs) You SOB make this one. I was half expecting at the end of the game, if the Vikings were in garbage time and they're down by two, two touchdowns and, you know, like the game is, is, is decided, but they're driving. I was thinking, is Zimmer going to run him back out there just to end his career? Like just literally send him out there when they're down by 12 with five seconds left. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> so, um, all right. Should we, should we bring some, some Vikings yeah. fans into the video here? This is Vikings vent line. Uh, it's it's part of the Purple Daily umbrella of shows. Purple Daily is seven days a week, and you can find Purple Daily with Mackie and Judd, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast, where you're probably watching this right now. And this is the most interactive show in Minnesota sports. We've got some cocktails poured. Corona Hard Seltzer is powering this. So, Declan, 
The floor is yours. All right, let's. Uh, I'm going to jump the gun a little bit because we have a guy who's actually at Raymond James Stadium. Okay. So uh, let's wow. go to Brandon. Is, this da- is, da- is Dan Bailey on the line right now? <laughs> Brandon, what's going on, dude? Are you on the field? Oh, no. Oh, no. He's throwing, oh, no. Hey, oh, no. throwing back in the queue. Throwing back in the queue. We'll, we'll get him back in. Let's, uh, let's, let's go back into, uh, to Will, who's also matching a hat just like his buddy Phil Mackey. Hey, guys, just like last week, instead of this time, it's cut Dan Bailey Monday. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'll get my wish on that one, man. I don't think Zimmer's going to hire Vinatieri. That one works too, Phil. That one works too. <laughs> I, I think what was so deflating, guys, about this game is I don't think we played poorly. Like, I think we were actually playing well and i think we actually played well enough to win but phil to your point it's so deflating like it's so deflating defense is like oh no points are on the board and i just think it really just kind of lets the air out of the entire team you know and it's like why are we even fighting and then i obviously there were some bad calls right that i mean that happens it's sports so you kind of have to get beyond that. But I do want to uh, open up for a question to you guys, actually. I know Judd and look, we celebrate Justin Jefferson, right? And he's tremendous. There's no doubt about that. But one thing I really loved about Diggs, I don't think you can really quantify, if you will, is when we're in those games and things aren't going ideal, he was the energy guy, right? He's pacing up the sideline. He's getting guys going, right? And maybe Jefferson can grow into that. But what do you guys think about kind of that take that when things aren't ideal, having that voice on the sideline who's going to bring that energy because it just doesn't feel like this team has that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so that goes back to me, to the Broncos game, because that was that team at halftime was dead. Like the Vikings looked terrible and Denver was not a good team, but the Vikings basically looked comatose. And then they came out in the third quarter of that game and played great. And Diggs was playing great, but also on the sideline, getting crowd engaged, the players, um, I think it's a gradual thing. I don't think that you can give that role to a player and say, do it. And the problem to what you're saying, I think, is this. And this is just not him. It's not Kirk. Like, ideally, that's Kirk, right? Like, Kirk would be like, let's go. Let's do this. I don't care if we're making field goals or not. Uh, But Kirk doesn't have that in him. Diggs did. And I don't know that the Vikings offensively have that guy now. Uh, So I think it's a very good point. And the problem is you also can't go up to like Cook or Jefferson and say, this is your team now. It's got to be a gradual, natural process. And offensively, I don't know that the Vikings have that guy because you would love for that guy to be Kirk. And it's just not in him to to do that. Yeah, I, I completely agree, unfortunately. You know, and I, look, I get it be a CEO, you know, never too high, never too low. But I enjoy on a Monday night football against the Bears where you're fist pumping and you're yelling, you're kind of angry, right? Like fire the team up, like let's go. And it just felt like this game, it just kind of hovered around. It's there. Can we get a play? Can we get somebody to show some energy? Adam Thielen used to do it a little bit. I know people said it was like a distraction, but somebody's got to be able to get us going, when we seem stuck in neutral and things aren't going our way. I mean, the Dan Bailey talk, everybody's going to talk about it. So I didn't want to spend like all the time blaming Dan Bailey. He's gone Monday. But that's just kind of a thought. I just wish we had somebody to bring that energy. And it was just so frustrating not to see that. Yeah. Well, that's a great call, man. Great, great job leading off here on Vikings Ventline. We'll, we'll talk to Will again. Man. 
dude, the comment, the Poor comments Brett right now dead. on YouTube and Facebook yep. are just amazing. Someone, <laughs> someone, I don't know if you saw Jen when you were when you were uh, giving your point there. Someone threw on the screen, Mike Zimmer is going to street fight Dan Bailey after the press conference today. <laughs> <laughs> Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he just walks in. He's got the Road Patrick out. Swayze mullet. Yeah. He's just holding a yeah. switchblade. He's like, "Dude, come get it. <laughs> come get it. You want you want your job next week? You got it's either come me or you." Job. <laughs> All right, who's next, Dex? Let, let's try Brandon one more time. Who was at the game? Brandon, you got us. Yes, sir. How you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Um, I mean, it was a fun game to be to because I'm originally from Minnesota. I've never been to an outdoor football game, so you know that was very fun to be at. Yeah, so so they let what like fifteen thousand fans. What what was the vibe inside the stadium? Um, there was a lot of purple. I can tell you that a lot of purple. Um, when Cook scored a touchdown, we did this gold chant all around the stadium. So it was pretty cool. Nice, right on, man. So what was okay? So we we we're, we're watching the Dan Bailey meltdown on TV. What was what was the Dan Bailey historic meltdown experience like? You're going to be able to tell like generations of family that you were at this Dan Bailey meltdown game. What was it like for you? <laughs> Um, it was awful. And fun fact, during halftime, he tried kicking like a far field goal and he still missed during halftime. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, dude. Did he just try one? Yeah, I think it was just one. And I, I believe it hit the goalpost. So he missed. Oh, my wait, God. Wait, wait. No, way, no way a second. So, Come on. So you're telling me so like he so he's the golfer. He has a crappy round of golf and, you know, it's, it's the U.S. Open, whatever. He's a crappy round of golf. He's like, all right, I got to get to the driving range and fix this thing. And he and he and he and he hits one more drive and slices it right. And he's like, "No, I'm good. Screw this. I'm out of here." Pretty much, I think. I think it was around like the 45 yard line, around the 40, and it went like it hit the left goal post. I'm telling you, that's progress, <laughs> oh God, dude. For today, that's pretty good. No bad. It's something at least, right? Yeah, uh, I think we should just kept going two point conversions all game. Well, that's the funny thing. When they went for that two-point conversion, analytically, that was the right decision. But you know that Zimmer was making that decision out of spite for his kicker, not out of like, you know, you know, in in analytics, uh, you know, Angel comes down and sits on his shoulder. (laughs) So, so Brandon, what was, so what was overall, what was the experience? Was this your first, was this your first uh, football game of the year? Yeah, I haven't been to a football game in seven years, my senior high school, when the Metrodome was still up. Wow. Wow. Oh, by the way, happy anniversary to the yeah. Metrodome roof here today. It's the 10 year anniversary this week. Right? Very <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so Brandon, thanks for, thanks for jumping in from the stadium. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, Super of course. Brandon. Thank you guys. I love you guys. All right. Thank you thanks Brandon. Much. Appreciate it. That's awesome. Dude, that yeah, dude's calling in from the stadium. Chat? I'm, I'm tr- trying to find post game Zim. Here, it's going to be, you. it's going to be epic. Oh, there's, yeah, no, there's no way he can. I got it. I got okay. it. He's talking right now. Okay. Oh my there's god! No it's, oh my god! His okay. face must be beat red. This is from Courtney Cronin here, and we're. Well, I'll just read these. We're not going to pop these on the screen. Okay. Uh, Zimmer on Dan Bailey. I'm really disappointed. I have a lot of faith in him. I have a lot of confidence in him. But these last two weeks have been not good. Um, <laughs> Zimmer. Man. Yeah. Thanks. Man. <laughs> <laughs> And nothing else. All right. Drink. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Chad, uh, Chad Graff quoting Mike Zimmer on how to handle Dan Bailey. At this point in time, we're not really worried about feelings anymore. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Who's coming in tomorrow for tryouts? I am. Who's on the practice squad now? Is is there a kicker? Oh, yes. Tristan Vizcaino. Okay. We're not worried about feelings. I'm sorry. I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard right now. Um, Here we go. 
Keep going. Let's see here. 54 yarder. Why did you kick the 54 yarder? I really had no choice. We got sacked twice and it was fourth and 20. I mean, yeah. Like what are you going to do in that spot? Punt. Um, what else here? You anticipate those guys making those kicks, etc. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they left. Damn, the fifty-four yeah, yarder. I'm never, I'm never gonna like ostracize a guy for not making a fifty-four yarder. But the other ones added up to at least seven points. So I'm I think that's it. I love that one. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. He will not get dinner on the plane ride home tonight. Dan Bailey will not get dinner. Make sure you Write don't. That down. Yep. No steak. No potatoes. No nothing for you. Yeah, like just just, just so we're all on the record. Like Dan Bailey gets cut tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. I think he does because it's Zimmer. But the problem is, do, do they trust th- this guy on the practice squad, Tristan Vizcaino, to elevate him, or is there somebody on the street they can go get? That becomes I'm, the question. I think because it's Mike, he does get cut. I've got the list, by the way. You want the available kickers right now? Chris Long, our friend from Five Eyewitness sure. News, sent this list out. Absolutely. All right. And by the way, not that it. I was going to say, not that it matters. I think if they win their last three games, they can still get to the playoffs. Yeah. It depends on the Cardinals. And the Cardinals the, the Cardinals don't have a cakewalk schedule. But that win against the Giants, I think they closed out that game against the Giants today. Mm-hmm. So here are the available guys. Guys that you've heard of anyways. Adam Vinatieri. He's 47 years old. He was mostly a disaster last year, but I would 100% consider this. 47 years old. Okay. Dude, I would 100% consider this. He's like four years younger than me. How old were Gary and Morton Anderson when the Vikings had those guys? Oh, Morton. Like 20 years ago. I'll find it. Hold on. Keep talking. He had to have been like 45 years old. Mm -hmm. Steven Hauschka is a former Vikings practice squad kicker. He's available. Yeah, Yeah, he's behind Longwell. Yeah. Chandler uh, Cantonzaro. And there's a few guys I've never heard of. I think I don't think uh, Kai Forbath has a job right now. He was he, got, he might be on a practice squad, which means you could I think sign him off a practice squad if you elevated him to your active roster. Okay. And there's a few guys like Nick Vogel. I've heard of him before, but I have no idea if I mean he doesn't have a job. So John Brown, John Brown is available. Longtime NFL kicker. Mm-hmm. One of those guys, if not multiple, will be working out on Tuesday at the Vikings practice facility. Morton Anderson, to answer your question, Morton in 2004 was 44 years old when he was kicking as a Viking. <laughs> All right. So, dude, Vinatieri. So, again, like if if I had to choose between next week alone, if I had to choose between Adam Vinatieri or uh, Dan Bailey, I'm I'm choosing Adam Vinatieri for one. So I just want to throw that out there. I would bring Adam Vinatieri in for a workout. But – the second thing is they at some point have to figure out why good kickers and in, and, and in the case of Blair Walsh, a great rookie season. Why do these guys just lose their mind? It's like it's like you ever see these horror movies like Amityville where a good family moves into this household. And then like they, and then like, you know, a year later, like three people are dead. And like that's the <laughs> kicking situation. Like the Vikings they're, are Amityville. They're I always thought that the answer to your question was because Spielman was trying to bring in these young kickers and they get mind bleep with Zim. But Dan Bailey ain't young. And Dan Bailey, until the Jacksonville game, was fine. So it's now jump the shark. I have no idea. I have no idea. So now we've gone from Walsh, who was young, missed the kick against Seattle in the playoff game. That clearly destroyed him. Okay. Oh, here's one more quote. There's a couple yep. more quotes. Zimmer said at the end of his press conference that the blame shouldn't be all on Dan Bailey. If you guys want me to fire players when they make a mistake, we wouldn't have any players. 
Well, you're going to fire Dan oh, Bailey, though. Okay, so, Mike. like, okay. you're going to fire Dan Bailey. Um, and then he said, let's not put this all on Dan Bailey. So he's he's trying to say, like, we're yeah, not going to put I it all it. on Dan Bailey, but Dan Bailey is the only one I'm actually going to fire. So, so Carlson w- was drafted, had one terrible game, and that's it. So I sort of get that one. But then this guy's a veteran, and they purposely signed him because he's a veteran. So this now, now to me, I don't know what the answer is of trying to pair the right kicker with Mike is. I have no clue now. Well, there is uh, until, until Mike has some ability to relate to a non-football player guy, like a kicker, <laughs> it's not going to matter. Or he has to find, and this, again, this is why I'm on the Adam Vinatieri train. Adam Vinatieri is like, that dude came in the league in 1996. You know, he's, he's made, you know, iconic kicks in snow. He, Mike Zimmer needs a kicker that just, doesn't need any communication. Just yeah, I got like, one for you. The only guy I can, and I've said this for three years, Seabass. Yes. He, he gets drunk. He smokes during games and he will That's beat great. up Mike. Like if Mike <laughs> lips off, he will physically go beat Mike up. He's the only guy I can think of. Seabass wouldn't care. Seabass might be three bills right now. Man, yeah. that, the guy's been out of the league do for a couple care, years if now. If he could make kicks, do Don't you care, care how fat Seabass is? <laughs> Not at all. Not uh, at all. all right. Let's, uh, by the way, just to reset here, I think this is the most people we've ever had watching Vikings Ventline at any one time. Most of you, it looks like I think most of you are on our YouTube channel, and that's where, we, that's where we'd like you to uh, subscribe to if you could. YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. But there's also people watching on Score North Facebook and score on Twitter. So thank you. We are your Vikings therapists, Mackie, Judd, Declan, and Dak. Let's get to our, our next Vikings fan here. Yeah, let's go to uh, Jackson. What's up, dude? Hey, what's up guys. Um, As soon as I saw Roger Goodell there at uh, Tampa Bay watching Tom Brady, I knew this was bad juju for us. Uh, I mean, (laughs) it felt like like we were against, you know, the bucks, our own kicker and the refs. It was just a tough game. And, you know, I thought that we played pretty well overall, just off the eye test. It's just tough to overcome all those missed kicks and the bad calls. I mean, the, I couldn't get over the the end of the first half play with the home cook clockwork and then that terrible pass interference call. I mean, I, it's just so frustrating. So then just kind of like the final question I have for you guys is, I know this game seems like it's going to be on Dan Bailey and the kicker, um, but is there something – fundamentally wrong with the Vikings overall. This seems to happen to us more times than not, just with weird kickers, um, bad coaching, I feel like. I mean, is there something fundamentally wrong with this team? Um, it's, just, it's just frustrating. Y- yes. Standpoint. Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> I love the question. We are therapists. You're exactly right. <laughs> it, it's a relevant good question. Is there something wrong? And yes, it, it goes back years, though. Do not blame yourself, Jackson. It's not your fault, okay? It's not your <laughs> fault. This has nothing I, to do I, with you. And I'm sitting here, like, for, you know, for me, I've been, so I, I, I have conscious memories of Vikings football starting in 1990, the Jerry Burns era, and then into the Denny Green era. So I, I remember Vikings football for 30 years. I was born in 1985. And, like, I'm sitting here today, and I think a lot of fans are probably really pissed and mad, and I'm just laughing. Like, I'm just sitting here, like, of of course, the Vikings play pretty hard and pretty well against Tampa, and they have a kicking malfunction like that. If we're playing Vikings franchise bingo, like that would be one of the main things on your card. And Jackson, actually, the the, the first part of your of your uh, your comments 
when you refer to they showed Roger Goodell and his wife, I'm guessing, just hanging out in the stands at Tampa Bay. And then, you know, suspiciously, the first pass interference call on a Hail Mary in 11 years in the NFL takes place. And and the clock operator sits on one second at the end of the first half for like 30 seconds, letting Tom Brady waddle his way up as a 43 year old. And I'm thinking it reminds me as a professional wrestling fan. Whenever in the Attitude Era, whenever Vince McMahon would come down to ringside, you're like, oh, something's going to happen, and it's not going to be good for Stone Cold Steve Austin right now. Like, or, or Bret Hart in the Montreal Screwjob. It's like Roger Goodell's in the crowd, and Tom Brady's the quarterback. Whoever the opposing team is, is screwed right now. And that's kind of what it felt like at the end of the second quarter. So um, thanks for jumping on, Jackson. Great comments, and be sure to jump on again sometime. It's not you, right? Jackson. It's not you. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. <laughs> Don't feel bad. God. <laughs> oh man. All right. Who else? Who else we got, Dex? We got a we got a family affair here. We got uh Andrew. Andrew, what's going on, man? Yo, guys. <laughs> this and a crying baby. Oh, this is what it baby. is like for to be Dan Bailey. <laughs> We're all the way up here on the Iron Range in Minnesota, and we've been watching this crap for years. Thank years. You. And now we got new babies in here. And they gotta watch it for years. <laughs> so I'm gonna take this and those take, kids take their gear and I'm gonna burn it today. Because Dan Bailey is awful. This is by the way, this I just want you to know this is incriminating visual evidence of child abuse right here. That you that you sat them through that Dan Bailey performance. <laughs> Here, here's what you have to do. Get them outside right now with a football and a holding key, and let's get them kicking, okay? It's snowing outside, guys. It's snowing. All the better. In Thanks, guys. I love your show. Thanks, man. Thanks, Bye. Bye. Awesome. By the Bye. way, uh, Tang kids. Yang chimes in on the YouTube comment sections. Tank for a kicker. <laughs> oh, man. It's amazing. That's great. That's child abuse. It subjecting is child a abuse. couple young little Those tiny babies to. have no idea what, what yeah. the next 70 to 80 years hold for them, do they? <laughs> I'm just Heart trying to plate. see if there's any if there's any more Zimmer quotes here. Kirk Cousins quotes. Okay. Courtney Cronin on Twitter. Kirk Cousins said the last three weeks become critical. We don't have a lot of room for error. Okay. Thanks, Kirk. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> frustrating loss today. Yes, it was a frustrating loss. I'm just trying to see if if Mike Zimmer said anything personal about Dan Bailey. It doesn't look like. I think he he mostly said uh, we don't care about feelings anymore. And yeah. um yeah, that means Dan Bailey's not going to have a job tomorrow. So, all right, who else we got, Dex? Let's go to uh, Alex. Alex, what's up, dude? What's going on, guys? Good to see you guys again. You too. Thanks, Alex. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't even drink. But right now I'm about to head down to my store and get some Corona hard seltzers, okay? <laughs> That's what I need to get through this shenanigans that I go through every Sunday. Absolute <laughs> ridiculousness. By the way, in that uh, little street fight between Zim and Bailey, it must be a boxing match because we know Bailey's not going to kick. Well played. <laughs> that was so many levels. I mean, when the first extra point went off, I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> awesome sure enough there it is i mean as a viking fan i've been a viking fan for a while now it's just you know when it's coming you know when it's coming early it's like oh we had a great drive watch this yeah sure enough 
There we go. I want to know, like, and you know what? There's there's probably not enough older people that are that are watching us right now on these social media channels. We probably have to have like an old, like a Judd. Judd might be the only one that can answer this question. When's the last time as a Vikings fan you felt fully comfortable with a kicker lining up for a field goal? Fully comfortable. Oh, oh I did with Longwell Long probably. Long. Yeah. I felt I felt comfortable. Okay. I felt like he was gonna make it. Yeah, it really it really started so like what once we got out of the time period where guys were hit and miss and they became pretty consistent. Longwell, I felt good about Walsh his rookie year. Go back to that. I felt, you know, pretty damn good about that. Yeah. And then it was it was really to me the Seahawks game that started us on this just roller coaster ride. And that goes back to whom? Mike Zimmer. And the fact that he I knew, I knew this week that Dan Bailey was in big trouble when I saw Zim's quotes about I talked to him. Yeah, we discussed last week. I thought, oh my God, you threatened him, didn't you? You basically said, if you miss an extra point or field goal, I'm going to wring your, your neck. And Bailey's like, oh, my God, I, I got to make everyone. And uh, that was trouble. When Zim said, I sat down with Bailey and talked to him, I thought to myself, this is big trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Longwell's fair. Longwell's fair. Someone chimes in here, Tomcat, on the YouTube comments. I was comfortable with Bailey. I was getting pretty comfortable, too. I think for a while there, we were maybe like, you know, week five, week nine. It's like, yeah, damn, Bailey. All right. As yeah, a pretty good. Fan, there's no such thing as comfortable, man. <laughs> no, you're right now. The only time you're comfortable is when the clock's hit zero. That's 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 about it. Yeah. Yep. School, Alex. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, we Alex, appreciate it. Guys. When's the last time that across the board, throughout the course of basically an entire season, Viking special teams has been this big of mess? Like I don't remember a year where it's just every week it's something. Yeah. It's the return man. And it's the punt returns. It's the kickoff returns. It's the penalties. Now it's Bailey. It's like, is Colquitt yeah. about to go through a really bad stretch? It's never it, been. It this doesn't bad. end. Yeah, it doesn't never, end. It's never been this bad. Um, all right, Declan. Declan is the worst at spelling and pronunciation on the show. And so you're going to get a shot at our next Vikings fan. Okay. Is it Okanyago? No, it's Okuni. Okay. There we go. There we go. There we go. Hey, Okuni, guys, welcome uh, to the show, man. What's your thoughts? Well, um, I, I lost my voice here uh, from screaming into a pillow because of this game. Uh, I asked my girlfriend to rip my heart out a couple times. Uh, but I just want to say leave it to the special teams to ruin this season. I mean, am I right? Like, it's yep. just embarrassing Dan Bailey misses all those field goals. It would have been 26-26, but I want to get back to right before the half uh, when we had the ball driving down, and we uh, on second down we run the ball again. Like, what is with us running the ball when it's less than two minutes before the half and we need to go down and score? Like, I don't I'm so get ha- that. Dude, I am so happy you brought this up. So I actually did a deep dive earlier this week into the actual stats because I'm like, yeah, I'm sitting there. I'm watching these games for for not just this year, but even the last few years thinking when the Vikings get the ball at the end of the second quarter and they can have two timeouts, three timeouts. There can be 45 seconds left, a minute 45. It just feels like they hand off way more than they should in some of those situations. According to stathead.com, not only do the Vikings have more handoffs under two minutes, second quarter first and second down than any other team in the NFL, they have like a 10 handoff lead on the next closest team. So statistically they hand off more on first and second down 
inside two minutes of the of the first half when they should be pushing the ball down the field than exactly. any team in the NFL. Exactly. And like I Justin Jefferson, I felt like we underutilized him this game. Like I like throughout the whole game, I'm like, okay, well, where's that bond to Jeff Jefferson? When are we gonna get it to Jefferson? It just felt like he was non existent in this game. And then like what happened to Ant Harris? And then I'll let you guys go. Well, Ant Harris, uh, I, I don't know if it was his fault, but he came up on the on the touchdown pass, the 48-yard touchdown pass. He was caught sort of cheating up at the line of scrimmage, and, yeah. um, and that created a one-on-one post route that put the Buccaneers on the board. With Chris Jones, so, which is not yeah, good. He just, no. he just had a mediocre year to the, uh, this year, I, I feel, and it just – I'm, I'm just looking to, to next year. Like, Judd, you said that uh, this Buccaneers game is really going to tell us who the Vikings are. And, and I mean, they showed it to us. I mean, we, we, can't, uh, we can't overcome the things that we need to overcome to be a championship team. So I'm looking to next year. I'm tired. <laughs> and look, yeah, looking, looking ahead to the draft where you're going to have the 17th overall pick. It's going to be great. The worst possible. <laughs> great. Pick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Game Appreciate it. Thanks, Okuni. <laughs> On Ant, um, I, I think there is now we, we can see with the way that he's played in 2020, why the Vikings franchised him and didn't extend him. Mm-hmm. Like he was really, really good in. 2019 but he's probably not that good and he's not a bad player but he's not a great player and so i think i think they liked him they thought that probably if they gave him the franchise tag they could trade him they could not uh but i actually think the vikings probably made the smart move in the sense that they also didn't sign him to a long-term lucrative contract because i think the player that we saw last year was probably playing above his uh overall capabilities uh, yeah. And yeah, and, and and poor Chris Jones. So Chris Boyd uh, got hurt, and Chris Boyd is not great. But Chris Jones is—I mean, he's trying. He tries, but <laughs> that's a tough assignment. I love it. We're sitting here on Vikings Vent Line. We're like, come on, you guys, cut him some slack. He's trying. He he's tried. trying out there. Yeah. I mean, he's. Who's next, Dex? Let's go to uh, let's go to Brad. And for everyone who's trying to join the room, we got a full room right now. So stand by. We'll get you in when we can. But Brad. Hey, yep, how's man. it going, guys? I love the the interactive show here. Thank you, Brad. Um, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. I had a Kirk Cousins aha moment today. We've been talking about Zimmer and his mental effect on the kickers, right? What does that effect have on Kirk Cousins? If you were to put Kirk Cousins on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, would they be the NFC favorites for the for the Super Bowl? I mean, I think that a lot of times, and you saw it kind of at the end of the game today, he would. He was trying to go no huddle. Zimmer. Zimmer wouldn't let him. And I, I had kind of a aha moment of like, does Kirk Cousins demand a trade? This offense wow. is stuck in 1995. Wow. Does Kirk Cousins demand a trade? Well, honestly, okay, okay. Hold on, hold on a here. Wow, Brad. Wait, wait, wait. This is, this, if, this is amazing. Wait. Yes. If he does, I I will throw the first pandemic parade in this town this if is a hot trade that contract I okay will, it, are, I are they getting are they getting to a point like just to go down this path for a second here okay yep. and again i know there's there's going to be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of people that are like it's you know you guys are blaming kirk this is not about blaming kirk for anything like, this is a let's just have this conversation mm-hmm. are the vikings going to wind up missing the playoffs going seven and nine or eight and eight let's let's say they go eight and eight they miss the playoffs but kirk keeps playing pretty well throughout december and so you're at this crossroads in the offseason 
where to take the next step, you probably need some more cat flexibility. You probably need a more mobile quarterback to avoid pressure that your mediocre offensive line gives up. And so there's plenty of those guys you can draft. Is there a door opening for Kirk Cousins to finish the season strong? A team like San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan, we've, we had this conversation two months ago where you might actually be able to get like a second round pick or something for Kirk Cousins, get rid of all that cap money, draft one of these young mobile quarterbacks in the first round, and then build something for the next five years. Yeah, yeah, that's a yeah that that could be an option, Phil. And I I agree with you. I mean, I I just had this aha moment of all the kicker struggles and Zimmer's effect on them, and I feel like it's holding Cousins back. I feel like you know Judd's been talking about you know it's his mental um, capabilities. He has the talent, but yeah. maybe that mental piece of it is Zimmer up above him, kind of holding him back. And I think that that pressure because he, they they have to be. They, they get a lot of less possessions a game because of their style of offense. So mm-hmm. he has to be perfect in those. They, and yeah, Judd, yeah. You've, been, you've been spot on the last couple of weeks they, with your uh, analysis. They bled clock. Yeah. But they're, they're down by what, um, 12 or something? Three possessions, like yeah. Three possessions. Yeah, they, yeah. And they, they literally ran a third-quarter drive like they were up by 15. They bled yeah. clock. Yeah. Um, and, and, Brad, your point, though, is spot on. In this sense, kickers and quarterbacks are the bane of Zim's existence. Um, I would say if we've learned something, if Zim is going to stay, I would draft a young QB. I would then go go get essentially what amounts to Case Keenum 2 to start. Because Mike needs a quarterback who he can basically assault verbally and who's not that good but can (laughs) win games um, and is cheap. So, yep. so yeah, Kirk, I, I think that you're on to something in saying that if Kirk had the right coach and right environment, I don't know he'd thrive, but I think he would have a chance to thrive. Uh, so if you got Keenum 2, drafted a QB who didn't play for Zim, but developed, mm-hmm. that is your best outlet because it's two cheap QBs. And then guess what? To Phil's point, you can spend on defense. You can spend yep. on the run game, which you absolutely yeah. love. Um, yeah, so so I think the one thing that we didn't foresee when Kirk got signed here is that in Mike's mind, I don't really think he's got a use for a Kirk. Yeah, right. I, let me let me add a couple things to this too. And you know, I guess for one, I want Mike's starting franchise quarterback to be able to just sort of mentally overcome missed kicks and they overcome is the word I keep going back to and. In the last six weeks, he's overcome a lot. Like he said, fourth quarter comebacks. And I think, I think when you know when the Vikings fell down by three uh, scores, they were down by seventeen or whatever it was today. And boom! Like even though the drive took three hours to get down to the to the end zone, like he he gets back on the horse and they're going forward, and and that was good. Um, but to, to your to your point about just the deflating aspect of my God, like the kicker can't make a kick, and the and the offense is not the offense is kind of shackled. Um, on the, on the missed kick front, I can't imagine how horrible it would feel if forget about football, like all of us have jobs, right? Like whatever line of work you're in, there's a big project and you've got a group of people working on something and you've got it almost perfect. And here's the presentation in the morning for the bosses and the vice president. Right. And like one guy shows up drunk, yeah. like Dan Bailey, right? How, how deflating is it when you just have like the incompetent idiot coworker, and like, right. or would you be able to overcome that as a team? And, and, I and the really, answer is probably not always. 
I weirdly had the feeling Cousins earned my respect today. He was taking shots. He was making throws, and I felt he was there. And I don't know if you guys saw it towards the end of the game. He went over on the sidelines, and he was he was pretty fiery. He was mad. Mm-hmm. And I think he's mad at the offensive play calling. We know why Diggs left. And I think they're holding him back. Free Kirk Cousins, man. I think wow. – I, I mean, if I were – this sounds crazy. If you would have told me this, this, if you would have told me this at the start of the season, that Kirk Cousins would possibly have the right to demand a trade, I would have said you're crazy. We were, we're trying to trade him, you know. That was the kind of the talk. Now that I'm looking at it, I kind of had this aha moment of, you know what? If I was Cousins, I'd demand a trade. Brad, so, we love it Brad. when, pe- when wow. people bring on completely new mind-blowing yeah. thoughts. We reckless. appreciate it's it. Reckless. Thanks for coming that's on, fantastic. dude. Fantastic. I love the speculation. Love it, dude. Oh, that's, a, yeah. that's a great See, Brad. point. Well, you know, and, and you have seen the last couple of weeks, you know, especially last week when the Vikings were playing the Jaguars, and Kirk very clearly was – in the ears of coaches on the sidelines and saying, we need to do something more aggressive here. Why are we just handing the ball off and throwing dink and dunk passes? And even today, like it was the Tyler Conklin and CJ Ham show for like half the game. Like and now some of that's probably on Kirk because they're, you know, w- when it comes down to the, I think it was the six sacks for 52 yards he took in this game. If we did a pie chart of blame just for the six sacks and 52 yards, some of that's on the offensive line. There was a stunt at one point that uh, Dakota Dozier not only whiffed on, but you then tackle, yeah. tackled Kirk Cousins to the ground at the you end of the play. Like you got half a sack for that yeah. move. Sure, what you're doing on that play. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, so so the offensive line gets part of the pie chart of blame. But then like Kirk Cousins, I don't know if he saw like 16 secondary members for Tampa for half the game. Like he just refused to push the ball downfield, even when they were down by two and three touchdowns. So, um, so some of it's like, it, it's not as simple as, well, the offensive line's bad. And the, like, some of this is on Kirk when he gets sacked too, but um, it was Brad's a point. Though, Br- Brad's point is a great point. And I, I think it comes down to this, the marriage of the head coach and the quarterback might need to end. It just might not like, let's not assess blame. Let's not bash people. But do we really think that this marriage as is with Dalvin cook being your Focal point. I mean, Kirk's Kirk's a side chick. He's a side QB here. Like Dalvin Cook's your person. Um, I think that this, I think that we might have hit to Brad's point, a marriage that basically is now what three years in? It's just dissolving. It's and it's a marriage, it's a it's a marriage that Zimmer warned against yes. in a press conference at the NFL Combine three years ago. Yep. When the when the Vikings decided to move on from Case Keenum. And Teddy Bridgewater, and there were there was reports about them making a big splash. And Mike Zimmer took to the podium at the NFL Combine and said, "He didn't say Kirk's name, but he said, yeah, I would just be careful about spending a whole bunch of money on one position when we've got all these other things that make our team go Amen. right. Are you gonna are you gonna rob from those things to pay another guy?" So, uh, also, it's been probably ten minutes since we mentioned that Dan Bailey had one of the most historically inept games as a kicker in NFL history. So. If you're just joining us, did Bailey talk? Dan Bailey is not going to have a job with the Vikings tomorrow. No, Arif Hassan confirmed uh, no kicker availability today. So um, that's probably a good call. That's, that's I would have talked. Bad. I'm a veteran. I talk. I okay. think you should have talked too. Yeah. I mean, that's just me personally. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's go to Braden on Vikings Vetland. Braden, what's up, dude? Hey, not much. How are you guys doing this morning? This afternoon, I should say. What's up? Yeah, the uh, days all sort of turned around because of Dan Bailey. No one, we have no idea what. What's going. Is that a, is that a Xavier Rhodes jersey? 
Yeah, well, in a case I uh, jump off the uh, deck, like Buddy Watt and his heart pulled out, my uh, girlfriend can save me in case I fail. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just here to talk about uh, kind of like what everyone's saying. Well, the quarterback's not really – it is what it is. The O-line is what it is. We all know the defense this year. I think it is a deeper problem with our team. Uh, I tuned in a little bit late to the game. I uh, saw the great pay call in the first, second quarter. But after that, it just went downhill. We missed the field goal. And Kirk wanted to get the ball. We had some good 10, 15, maybe an odd 20-yard play. But, yeah, what what do we do? Man, what do we do is such a loaded philosophical question here. Are you saying right now or or for 2021? Because I think there are things that can be done. As we continue, because, like, as you were saying, Cousins with Zimmer, it's obviously not working on our team right now. No. Yeah, I mean, well, let's let me start here in in the micro and that I think if they win their next 3 games, which they can, they should win 2 of them. Although the bear the bears just the bears woke up today for They the played Houston time. though. Houston doesn't care. Yeah, and Deshaun Watson got Well, Deshaun Watson got hurt, but they were down by like 3 touchdowns at that yeah. point. The Vikings can actually still make the playoffs this year. So, that's that's a thing that we can still talk about here long-term if the goal and and this is the stated mission statement of this show Vikings vent line and purple daily win a Super Bowl for the first time in franchise history, right? Like sneaking into the playoffs with eight or nine wins and like maybe winning a game. I don't give a rip about that anymore. Like I'm, I am done with that. So I actually think you're going to have to, I agree with Judd. I agree with the notion that the Mike Zimmer Kirk cousins marriage is just not one. Like I can't see Bill Parcells and Phil Sims. I can't see Tom Brady and, and Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, like these great combinations of quarterback and coach partnerships, where they're on the same page, they're in the meeting room every single week. Um, there's not there's not chemistry between those two guys. It just seems like it's oil and water. And the, the fact that they're still winning enough games to flirt with playoffs is a testament to how much talent there is still up and down this team and how great of a defensive mind Mike Zimmer is. Um, I just think you have to you have to look at some big time potential changes going into 2021 if you want to put together an actual Super Bowl blueprint. That's my two cents. It, it just feels like I don't know the head coaches of the past century on the teams, but Philip Rivers with the Chargers, uh, Tony Romo with the Dallas Cowboys. This just seems where we're going for the next who knows how long. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think so. The answer to your question, Braden, is this too. The problem is. Fundamentally, this team is built incorrectly for its coach. So so the problem is this. In Zim's world, right, that long third-quarter drive down by like 16 um, is the ideal drive because he's eating clock and he's keeping his offense out there. And that is keeping what fresh? His defense. The problem is Mike doesn't build teams or Mike does not coach to a scoreboard that has his team down by a lot. It's all predicated on his defense playing well. You lead by, let's say, three to seven points, right? So I think what we're looking at with the Vikings offense in 2020 clearly being a superior to the Vikings defense is a fundamentally flawed construction for the man that coaches this team. So the answer to your question is, as long as Mike is coach here, you build your defense back up to become as dominant as possible. And to that point, that's a top five defense. That means you don't allow points. That means you basically can hold Brady and Rodgers and Breeze down. Good teams. Um, 
So I think what we're seeing is a backwards construction for how Mike wants to play. And that's mm -hmm. why it doesn't work right now. Yeah. I don't know. That's so that's hard. so hard though. It's so, so hard I, to build a defense I like agree that. With you. So that's like like you said, that's gonna be at least three to five years down the line. And then Jefferson, Cook, Cousins gonna be we're back to square one. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Braden, good points, man. Good questions. Thanks for coming on, dude. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Braden. Yeah. I mean, that's just it's a lot of unanswerable questions right now because it's like the formula is good enough for them to be competitive. Yes. And that's and that's more than some franchises because the Detroit I saw someone put a, put a tweet out today that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won the division, the NFC North South. or Central, uh, whatever the iteration of the division is. They've won the division more recently than the Detroit Lions have. Because oh, the yeah. Buccaneers, the Buccaneers, yeah. uh, uh, I think they won the division in 2001 and then moved to a different division. Then they left. Yeah. And, the, and the Lions have not won the division since 2001. Yes. And so there are franchises like the Lions that would kill to have the Vikings consistent 8, 9, 10, 11 wins once every 10 years, trip to the NFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. There are the Jaguars would probably kill for that, right? There's all kinds of organizations. The Browns are like having their first 10-win season potentially um, in a long time. But that's not good enough here. We need to hold this team to a higher standard. And like when we were critic, uh, and, and and we will be, I'm sure again, Kirk, I don't think Kirk was like, Kirk wasn't magical today, but Kirk was fine today. He, whatever he did. He, I think he, he did enough. And a lot of the other things around him were just uh, unovercomable. They were untenable, but it is not enough for this team to go eight, nine, 10 wins anymore. 60 years, no Super Bowls. So if the coach isn't good enough, if the quarterback's not good enough, I'll steal a quote from Mike Zimmer. I don't care about people's feelings anymore. I want to see this team win a Super Bowl. And so, sorry if I'm not happy with pretty good, like pretty good quarterback and a pretty good coach, pretty good GM. Pretty Bill Belichick isn't pretty good. Pete Carroll from six years ago isn't pretty good. You know, these quarterbacks you see largely, Pat Mahomes, these aren't, we're not talking about pretty good. We're talking about great. And the Vikings have had a whole lot of good and pretty good for as long as I've been watching them, and they haven't had much great. The 98 offense was great. The 09 offense was great up until far through the interception. Yep. Um, the, the, the 2017 defense was great. Okay, yep. They fell short every single time. I want great, and so I am going to criticize the good and very good and the, and the things that are less than that for the sake of our mission statement, which is win a damn Super Bowl. And the question becomes this. Can... If you take the 2017 Vikings and take that blueprint and put it on 2021, so updated game, things have changed, can that win a championship? Because that is currently as constructed from a personnel stamp standpoint by the coach, that is how he sees it. So it really, it does not become a question of, can Mike coach? The answer to that question is yes, he, he's a good coach. The the answer the question though is based on where the game is right now as far as how it's played how your opponents play and can you take a replica of that and win a championship mm -hmm. and i have my doubts that in 2020 or 21 that you can actually make a run through the playoffs to a super bowl with the formula that mike wants does not yeah. mean he's not good at his job it does mean that it creates obstacles that make it damn tough to overcome with how the game now operates. Yep. And real quick, because because Brennan chimes in here in the YouTube comment section, we pulled this on the screen because it fits into the conversation we're having here. You really think trying over with quarterback 
until we get a Pat Mahomes is the right way to go. And, you know, and so are you avoiding the actual issues? And to what Judge just said, to what I've been saying, and I can tell you, if you go back and look at the last like 20 Super Bowl winners, 15 of them are Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Seriously, like go look at it. Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't think I'm even counting Eli Manning in that exercise. Eli Manning's a borderline guy. And so you either, so if you want to win a Super Bowl, again, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. We're not talking about playoffs. We're not talking about 10 and six divisions, Super Bowl. Okay. You either need a Hall of Fame quarterback, and Kirk is a good quarterback. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. Or you need a good quarterback who can get hot in the postseason and then something else great or multiple things in and around that quarterback. A defense that's great, an offensive line that's great, you know, some combination of those two things and a and a skill position player set that's great or a pass rush that's great. Like, how are you going to build those other great things? And when you have a non-Hall of Fame quarterback that makes like 15 to 20% of your salary cap, which Kirk will again next year, it makes it harder to build the great things around the good quarterback to get to the Super Bowl. And th- so this is all a macro conversation we're having here. And I just want to reiterate, because it's been another five minutes, that the micro conversation is the Vikings kicker missed every kick today and won't have a job tomorrow. So the micro is we are not blaming Kirk for the micro. We're not like the kicker was the problem today for the most part. But the macro conversation is what is the blueprint formula for winning a Super Bowl? And more often than not, it's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. So, but but just to that point quickly, those guys develop into Hall of Fame quarterbacks because they're empowered by their coaches, often at a young age. Do you really think that Zim is going to empower a rookie quarterback to be on that path? Mm-hmm. My answer is no. I- I'm telling you, it's very clear now, and that this comes three to four years after the fact. What's very clear is the Keenum formula is what Mike likes quarterback who gets by I can rip him up and down he does not care right but he's cheap and and Mike picks at the guy's play and he doesn't enjoy watching him because across the board QB's driving crazy Mm. but to your point Phil it then allows you to build what a defense so I guess I guess the macro in my view is is forget the players names and just go with how the coach coaches and ask yourself does that work now to win a championship? And my answer is, I have serious doubts. D- did it 15 years ago? Absolutely, probably did. But it's not 2005. It's and, 2020. And Judd, the keyword you used is cheap quarterback. Cheap quarterback, because Bryant puts on the screen here from the YouTube comment section, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. A rookie quarterback scale contract is how you win consistently. And I'm just doing that. Maybe we do this for our State of Kirk Cousins show every Wednesday on Purple Daily. Maybe we do this in a couple of days, but you think about the last 20 years and I brought up how many Hall of Fame quarterbacks are winning Super Bowls. How many rookie scale quarterbacks are winning Super Bowls? Tom Brady, multiple in the early 2000s, right? That's a rookie scale contract. They built the rest of the team around him. And then as soon as he started making and even he took pay cuts when he was eligible to make, you know, tons of money. But when he made more money, they went on a 10 year Super Bowl drought. Uh, so rookie scale contract, Russell Wilson, rookie scale contract, Pat Mahomes, rookie scale contract, Aaron Rodgers, I think was still on a rookie scale contract or like a bridge contract because he hadn't been a, he hadn't been a starting quarterback yet. So he wasn't making top money yep. in 2010. 
Ben Roethlisberger, 2005, rookie scale contract. Joe Flacco, 2012, rookie scale contract. Well, you can't win a Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback. You can, and and teams do a lot with rookie scale contracts. First five years of of them in the league, but that player is empowered to win. That's the key thing to me. That player, it that player is not told. We've got Dalvin Cook, and really, what I want you to do deep in my heart of hearts is hand the ball to thirty three. And if you screw up, I'm probably going to get really mad. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Can you empower? If if Zimmer had Jared Goff, Jared Goff's whereabouts right now might not be known. He might have disappeared. He might have. I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious. So so we are talking about you draft a kid and then say, here are the keys. Hey, Junior, here are the keys to the car. Go drive it. You really think this guy's saying that? He's going to say, come in my office. Here's the deal. You don't date my daughters and you don't screw up on the field. That's the problem. And, and look, I still think he's a good coach. I'm just talking about operating in the modern world. It, yep. it would be like at our place, if I told you two, I am taking over the technology side, boys. I can see myself. Here's what I'm, I'm going to tell you what to do. Here's how we're going to get on YouTube. Here's how, no, I'm serious. And you'd be like, what, what are you talking about? And I'd be like, no, you don't understand. I'm running the show now. I understand technology. No, I don't. Hey, don't don't short yourself. You're great on Twitter, Judd. You're yeah. great on Twitter. Oh, yeah, You're Twitter, great. but I mean, I know my limits. Know your limits. Judd's mm-hmm. also great on scorenorth.com, where you can find Judd's Vikings right. columns. See something <laughs> later today. Writing. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Dex, who do we got next here? Oh, just to reset, we're, we're an hour into the show here. Uh, this is the most people we've ever had still watching after an hour. It's Vikings Vent Line, part of Purple Daily. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and live on Purple Daily YouTube right now. Who do we got? We've got uh, Nate. Nate, what's going on, dude? How's it going, guys? Um, you know, usually I'd be on here to, to talk about that overpaid bag of milk, Kirk Cousins. But in this instance, I'm just, how many times are kickers going to ruin our day? I, I just, like, it is unbelievable. My first memory as a Vikings fan was Gary Anderson in 98. That was brutal, obviously, after that season with Randy Moss. And then, you know, we we end up with Blair Walsh missing left. Then we draft a kicker way too high and then cut him. And now we end up with Dan Bailey ruining our season yet again. And and I don't understand. Judd, didn't you say this the other day? What, why is Marwin Maloof still have a job with the Vikings? Haven't we been complaining about this special teams all season? I just – it makes no sense to me. I I'm at a loss. I just – I guess this is what what to expect as a Vikings fan. So. I would recommend LinkedIn Premium. I believe it's uh, it's on sale right now for the holidays. LinkedIn Premium. If you are Maloof or Bailey going into the week, absolutely. And then and then another question. I, and Judd, you brought this up last week as well. How how come Jefferson? It takes him till just about the the second half to finally get involved in the game. I swear, I think CJ Ham might have had more targets than Jefferson in this game. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. It's like. We keep on making the same mistakes week in, week out. And I, I do like Zimmer, but at this point, I'm just starting to question, like, how can we continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over, both from, like, a, a roster management standpoint and from, like, a strategic standpoint? I mean, clock management again today, timeouts that we were taking that were unacceptable. I mean, like, I just, I'm shaking. I'm so angry because I really did believe we had a chance to win this game. And it felt like, 
uh, kind of felt similar to the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, where uh, you start off with that amazing first drive and you think, wow, we're just going to run all over them. And then you just completely put your tail between your legs after a little bit of adversity and just mm-hmm. completely fall apart. Yeah, dude, these are these are great points. I mean, the, let's let's talk about the time. I, I I don't think we've spent enough time on the timeout management stuff. And I get that in the moment, it's like, oh my god, the clock's running down, and you find yourself in these moments where like you feel like you got to take a timeout. Well, you know how you avoid having to take a timeout in those spots. By the way, twice in the second half when you're down by two touchdowns, and you know you might need those timeouts late in the fourth quarter. And and go go watch any Patriots game before Tom Brady left. Go watch any Patriots game with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. How many times were they just calling random timeouts in the third quarter, early fourth? Never. Literally never. They'd rather take a five-yard penalty and push it back to a third and seven because they know how valuable those 40 seconds are going to be later. And the Vikings have a situation today where, like, Dalvin Cook is complaining or jawing at officials and Tampa Bay defensive players and they can't get him back in the huddle, and they have to burn a timeout there. And then they realize uh, on a fourth down, it's fourth and six later in the game in the early part of the – like they're driving in the fourth quarter, and the game's on the line, the season's on the line. And rather than having a play ready because you've prepared preparation for those situations, oh, we got to call a timeout. Well, you call timeouts in those spots. It doesn't matter if you convert because guess what? You're not going to have a chance anyways because you've burned all your timeouts. It is maddening. It's like it's like eighth on the list of things that are you know causing the Vikings to struggle to make the playoffs this year. Um, but it's definitely a thing that hurt, like when the margins get thinner and you're playing better teams and you're in the playoffs, like that crap matters. Mm-hmm. And Zimmer is terrible at it. Mm-hmm. And Rand. And I and I do think we absolutely had a chance to win this game. I felt confident about it all week. I mean, I was worried about Kendricks missing uh, missing the game again today. Um, but I, we really had a chance. And another thing is Kirk Cousins. I mean, he, like a lot of people have been talking about him being a little bit more mobile lately. He did have a couple nice runs that that QB draw was was actually quite a nice play. But I mean, he held the ball way too long on a few plays and took just brutal saps, especially when we're already struggling with our field goal kicker to just drop us back another 25 yards. And I, and I do understand we had some injuries on the O-line and they were getting pressure on us. But, I mean, Cousins, man, throw a couple of those away or do something. Like, you can't afford to take those sacks. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I great get, stuff, Nate. I, I don't say. get why with Kirk, and, and I think it's just Kirk. Nate's right. Like, there's weird things where it's like, dude, you're, what, 32 by now, and you've been around for a long time. How do you not get – ideally, don't fumble. I get that, okay? But how do you not get the whole thing of – this looks bad. I'm going to throw the ball away out of bounds. And he did that once or twice, but Nate's exactly right. There were times today again, and look, I get it. The pressure was bad, Um, but I guess I'm confused. I'm confused why Kirk seems to accidentally put himself in a position to fumble at times when just abort the play. And then the ball's gone and it's not going to be a sack. It's not going to be a uh, fumble so that does confuse me but i think that's on the list of things where the ship has sailed phil so i don't think it's fixable like i don't think that that at this age now you can go to kirk and be like dump the ball off here i think kirk's going to do that at times but i think there's a lot a lot of times where he sits back there like this and the pressure comes and the best that kirk can do is take the ball hug it and fall down yes okay here's another thing about kirk all right and again, preface this by saying today was not Kirk's fault. 
No one's blaming Kirk for today's loss, but an observation about Kirk. He doesn't know when it's okay to throw a reckless interception and not. When it's the first play of the game against a winless Falcons team, that's not the time to just like throw a ball, a 50-50 ball to like where a linebacker is standing. So like or when you have a lead of 10 points or 14 points or you're starting a half, that's not a time to throw a reckless pass. You want to make sure that you're moving the ball, keeping momentum, right? When you're down by 12 or 17, you have my permission, Judd's permission, the coaching staff's permission. I would hope, I would hope, get a little reckless. You're losing by two touchdowns. Why are you down by two touchdowns by 17 points and you're dropping back and playing patty cake and dumping off to CJ Ham? Dude, throw a ball to Justin Jefferson into traffic. If you throw a pick when you're down by 17, I don't care. I'd, I'd rather you be taking shots down the field trying to chunk your way back into the game than operating a nine-minute drive that takes, you know, 14 plays and and – but that comes back to me also to Mike and Kubiak and play calling and the fact that that they are so risk adverse that they don't know when to take the gloves off themselves. Like that that drive after the Bucks scored to open the second half, that Vikings drive was nothing short of bizarre. Like it was really effective. It was really long. It ate up a ton of time. But it was a drive that you run when you have a defense that has put you ahead. Yes. Like, time is of the essence, boys. You've got to move, move, move. And, like, you're sort of dinking and dunking, and it's working. That's great. But it was o- almost like they didn't know what the score was. And it, and we're just told, put together a really cool, good drive. And they did. But, Phil, there was so much time going off that clock, and there was not a moment in that drive where I said they feel the pressure of the score. Every bit of that drive was, my God, are you leading? Yeah. So I think to question Kirk is fair, but I also think that this goes to a greater, bigger picture question of how the offense operates. And I really believe that Mike operates with the philosophy of, I want my defense to rest. I want to keep them off the field and they're going to play well. And it's like against good teams. This d- defense, especially with Kendricks out, Phil, you can't really operate that way. You, you've you got to say, we've got to score here as quickly as possible, and then we're in decent shape. And the realization of where this team was during that drive never seemed to register. It was very, very uh, disturbing if you really thought that they ha- had a chance to come back, despite the fact it ended with a score. Mm-hmm. Who else, Dex? Who do we got next on Vikings Vantline here, powered by Corona Hard Seltzer? Let's go to Colin. Colin, what's up, man? Hey guys, long time viewer of this show. So sorry, repping oh. Tom Brady. He's my cousin. Wow. So always got to watch him here. Wait, which, but, like, how, how far removed? Which cousin is Tom Brady for you? Uh, just second cousin. Oh. So okay. his grandpa was my great uncle. That's awesome, man. Right. Yeah. So you've got, you've got greatness, greatness in your blood, <laughs> Alan. But uh, just a few things upset me about Mike Zimmer is he never seems to be excited or mad during the game or anything like that. It seems very just stone-faced. No, he, he gets mad. And yeah, I the, ma- the, ma- the mask is the mask makes it tough to see. I love the tape, by the way, up on the nose to keep the sunglasses from fogging oh, yeah. up. It's a clutch play by Mike Zimmer. <laughs> the biggest thing for me is just who is a vocal leader on the offense or defensive side of things? 
Yeah, it seems like Kirk is in his own world when he gets upset, but I'm not seeing anybody along the sidelines like, okay, we're down by 10. Let's get going. Let's do something. Yeah. So I think we're just missing that person this whole season. Yeah, it's true, man. Colin, thanks for jumping on, and thanks for bringing greatness into the blood of the show today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, like, Kirk Cousins isn't really that guy. Stefan Diggs used to be that guy. Dalvin's really not that guy. Phelan gets mad, yeah. but I don't think he's that guy. I just think no. he, he sort of pouts and stomps yes. off yes, and, like, goes away. So, yeah, it's not – the problem is, again, it's a job. You can't just give out. You can't I'm just gonna... be like – you can't just be like, hey, Dalvin, guess what? You're – you might be a Hall of Fame player, and by the way, can you get in guys' faces? I'm, I'm sorry. I just had to, saw this comment. I had to pop on the screen here real quick from Ed Toro. So bad. So, so, so bad. Oh, no. So bad. It's so no. bad. It's so no. bad. All right. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's sorry. terrible. Uh, DC chimes in on YouTube. Bring back Boone. Our oh, guy, Alex terrible. Boone, is getting a tryout this week with the Baltimore Ravens as go, a man. potential guard. Good luck with so that. Wishing our guy the best. Know, actually, you know what? He could have come, come in because when, when, O- O'Neal got hurt, and then Hill got hurt for a brief second. We thought Drew Samia was going to have to play guard. Sign Boone back. You know what? That's Dude. a good idea because I was had no interest in watching part two of the Drew Samia story. Listen, Boone, Boone's been part of Score North for the last uh, year and a half or so. He hasn't been on in like, what, nine months because he's been – He's been making this NFL comeback, but we would happily loan him to the Vikings if they needed a backup left guard. All right. You guys just talk to us. We got your guy. Anything to avoid Drew Samia playing extended snaps. He almost played. Boy. He didn't play, but he almost played. Trot it on the field. <laughs> All right. Who's next? Dex? Go to uh, loyal listener Kip. Kip, what's up, buddy? Hey, guys. I tried to get on last week, but I missed the cut there. Um, so I got a nice email from Declan. <laughs> um, Declan's like- very, Declan has learned the art of letting people down easy. What's up? Yeah. 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 Um, I feel like cousins is kind of like when, you know, I was watching a, a past documentary on Eli Manning with the America's game and Michael Strahan is describing Eli as all shucks, all shucks, Eli. And it's like, all shucks, Kirk cousins today. It's not going to be my fault. It's going to be Dan Bailey's fault. And I think in the off season, Zimmer, Cousins, and and Spielman need to get in a room. He may he needs to make his uh, pigskin pecking order of the top ten teams that he wants to get traded to, or Zimmer needs to take the top ten teams if he wants to coach, and they flip a coin, and then they they they, they didn't go to the to the Wilson say here's your sacrificial lamb. Is it going to be Cousins or is it going to be Zimmer? Because it's just it's not working, and I and I was following on the phone today, but Twitter's awesome, and following all the tweets was Cousins is just frustrated with with everything going on. It's like you're going to run the ball twenty times or thirty times. It's like you know, you know, and I think they regretted letting Stefanski walk out the door. No, bring Stefanski back, kick Zimmer out, and I think you know we're nine and three, ten and two. You know, maybe maybe eight and four right now, and 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 it's just remarkable that you know they're hitting their head against the wall. And hell, trot out Stella Judd; she could make a field goal. You know, at least two out of three of those. She's tough goals. too. She's tough. She she or, tells him, "Get out of my face." Right, or Tommy the cat, the fat cat can make it too. I mean, hey, get a running start and kick. <laughs> Tommy can I'm, play I'm, hard. I'm, 
I'm waiting for Tommy to come in here. I don't know if you guys can see, but Tommy's litter box is sitting back over my corner here. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Whoop! I'm going to dump everything over. If I, I'm waiting for Tommy to come in here and take a symbolic special teams dump before the end of. <laughs> and and, that and line one more today. thing, and then Scoggins should get a write that down point because he did say on Conduit with the trouble that the special teams is going to cost the game one time this season. So Scoggins needs to get a a okay. listener write that down. Write that down point. I do remember. I'm not sure if it was on here or if, on, if it was on Access Vikings, but he did say that the special teams was going to cost the game at some point. So Scoggins needs to get some love this week on Kanye with the Trouble, Judd. I'll mark it down right now. Thank you very much. No Appreciate problem. Blah, blah. But I'm at Kip, thanks. You always bring would, good insight. That would mean that uh, Chip Scosby batting 1,000 it would take the batting average win. Nope. For twenty twenty six. I feel like I feel like we need a minimum at a minimum at bats. Three point yeah. one. You gotta, you gotta like write that down. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the big leagues. Three point one at bats. Okay. Who's next, Dex? Let's go to uh Rick. Rick, you're on Black's event line. Hey, can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. Perfect. We got you, awesome. man. Awesome. Big time fan, long time listener of the show, first time caller. Uh just want to say, first thing, it's an honor to meet my sports dad, Judge. <laughs> yeah. Sports fun, good to see you. Good uh, to see you. You know, it was very a rough Santa Claus like <laughs> rough game today. Rough game today. Um, I thought Kirk played well. I thought Dalvin played well. Unfortunately, Dan Bailey did not. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that for the first time ever, we can say a position played by football was done better by a girl this weekend as opposed to a guy. If you guys saw that girl from Vanderbilt, good, yeah. she, yeah, I think, Maybe I mean. She's more dialed in for extra points than Dan Bailey has been the last couple of weeks, so I'd probably uh, I'd probably put a phone call in. So uh, you guys think the Vikings, uh, considering we've tried everything at kicker, are we going to be the first team to draft a female as a, as a kicker? Listen, <laughs> honestly, at this point, anything is better than yeah. what Dan Bailey has done the last couple of weeks. Just you a know, complete disaster. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate. I um. You know, like like Judd said, I think it was earlier this week, he said there's no heartbreak with this season at all. It's just frustration. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad for Zimmer. He's coaching his ass off and just not, not coming together. You guys, think, morning, but that, yeah. you guys think 8 uh-huh. eight is good to get into the playoff? Because I hope we can beat New Orleans, but that's a tough game to win on Christmas Day. Yeah, like you, ha- you have left. to win that game at Who's, this point. I'm, I'm trying to – I'm trying to pull up Arizona's schedule here real quick. That's so, the by the way, Arizona did beat the Gi- the Giants. Have been a good team the last like two months or so. They've well, in a row, right? They've been a competitive team, I should say. I don't know if I'd say they were a good team. So, yeah. it's really it, yeah. So Arizona is now seven and six. They play the Eagles this upcoming week. They play the 49ers, and then they play at the Rams. And so, I would think obviously if they run the table, it's over. Um, if they win two out of three and they get to nine and seven, the Vikings would have to what run the table to match them at nine and seven. Then it comes down to tiebreakers. So you're really rooting for, and the 49ers have been feisty and the Eagles with Jalen hurts. We'll see. They might be feistier. Those are, those are three non gimme games for Arizona. You're rooting for them to lose two out of three and the Vikings to run the table, but the bears won today too. So yeah, I saw that. I was like, where did, where did this come from? Where Houston quit. Yeah, Houston's completely quit. The, I, the Texans are done. I feel bad for Watt and Watson because those guys are great yeah. players that are just on a terrible team that's run horribly. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, Rick, Rick, thanks for making your first appearance thanks, ever. Son. Don't make hey, it your last. Thanks, Sports Rick. Dad, I'll, uh, hey. I'll try and call in next week. Thanks, guys. All right, you man. do that. Thank you very much. <laughs> I worry about you. 
<laughs> I worry about Rick. I mean, I haven't seen my sports son in how long. Judge, you pay? Do you pay alimony for all your sports yeah. son? Or- I can't talk pay about child it. support. I can't oh, yeah. talk about it right now. Yeah, it's a, it's all it's all yeah. tied up in court. Okay? okay, a lot of controversy about that. <laughs> all right, who's next, Dex? Let's go to uh, Jedward. Jedward, what's up, man? I'm just I'm beside myself a little bit after this game. I I bought in super hard, but I have to look up the Minnesota Vikings and one of the stats that kind of gives me a little bit of zen in the market of trash franchises, if you will, right now, is that the Minnesota, they rank sixth all-time in win percentage and seventh overall in combined regular season and postseason wins. Mm-hmm. So, although the season has not gone the way that we want it to, we don't have to just sink ourselves in on the season-to-season failures of a lot of other franchises. So, that's like the, that's the painkiller for me for this kind of a game when, like, it's all on the line. If we just win out, then we're in the playoffs. That's that's what I kind of sit back on. But I also, think you can make a strong case that they are the greatest American team sport franchise of the four major sports, the greatest franchise to never have won a championship. Yeah, they're the most winningest team to have never made it, ever. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 hard to be a part of that, but also there's some sort of solace in being a part of it at the same time. It's 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 a hard existence to live, but hey, that's Minnesota for and this also, is But this is not the team. So like it's this, not like the, it's not like this team right now in 2020. No. Yeah, so it's not it this year is not that that hard to accept their fate if they make yeah. it or or not. What we've been talking about on this show for quite some time is how do you get back to a place of being that team and that That was my second point is we need youth not just in in secondary and whatnot we need youth in coaching because i am i'm done with the kubiak i'm done with the zimmer i appreciate them as coaches i think they're very good but there is something to there they're just i don't know if it's stubborn or just bullheaded it's just it's something that i cannot take anymore and it doesn't mesh with with youth in in any position in the team. Yes, Zimmer is supposed to be this defensive guru who can coach people up, but the, the, it just does not seem to all congeal together at the same time when we all when we need it to. And mm-hmm. it's just it's frustrating to see that. Yeah, no, I think I think you speak on behalf of a lot of people right now, and that like you're you're grateful that you get to watch a competitive team every single year, but it's like you, you, we're we're sort of past that. And, yeah. and, and I'm, done ready. With eight eights. I'm done with 10 and sixes. I'm done with that. I'm, I, I want, oh, 2009 was like, amen. Well, we are your therapists. We appreciate Thank you coming you for on being here. Thank you for <laughs> providing this Davenport of love as Paul and Alan would put it. But. <laughs> yep. Thanks, man. Appreciate he's you. Right. Yada, BD. Oh man. He's, I need, I need to know too. how Paul Allen is going to spin this tomorrow oh, on the, uh, the old nine to noon show. We'll see. I saw his tweet. Gotta wait. You gotta wait till nine o'clock to hear his out. takes. That's the benefit of Scorn Earth. We give him to right away. This. I saw his tweet. Okay, but I mean, yeah, he he's exactly right. And the question is, I mean, that's the thing. And I think the secondary part to what he is saying too is this team has not even gotten to take a swing at a championship since what January of seventy seven. Like that's the other incredible thing here. It's like you can't even now get past the conference championship games. So, yeah, and and I think it's a very fair question to say, how do you go from being a consistently good competitive team to making 
a run. And this goes back, Phil, to, to what we talked about when this team had won one of its first six games, which was, would you be willing to, and I think our answer, a gentleman, is yes, would you be willing to take a major step back for a year or two to position yourself that way? Yes. I think it's a very fair question. And I would say this, if it's two years of bad football to come out and have a a championship caliber team that I built, my answer is unequivocally Mm -hmm. yes. Yep. In fact, I want to double down on that take because I think Vikings fans and the Vikings organization, I think they fear losing the good track record, not great, but good track record they have more than they want to get to that Super Bowl level. I think the fear of losing the nine and seven, 10 and six division title every couple of years. Like there's a, there's an intense fear of losing that. Cause well, what if you become this Browns like franchise as opposed to this hunger to get to that next Super Bowl level. And I, and I challenge them on that. Don't be afraid. I mean, think about the Carolina bleeping Panthers have been to the Super Bowl twice in the last 15 years. The Carolina Panthers have figured out how to get to the Super Bowl and the Vikings haven't. Yep. Yeah, dude, it's, that's a great point. That's a great point. <laughs> how? How does this happen? Yeah. All right. Who's next? Who do we got next on Vikings Vent Line here? Uh, let's go to Michael. This might be our youngest fan ever on Vikings Vent Line. Hey. What's up, Michael? Hi, dude. Nothing much. Um, people are saying that uh, that Zimmer is bad. It's not him. It's mainly due to some bad defensive penalties. If you guys can agree, um, I thought that I, I again I, I hate to put this on officials again, but I thought the hail mary pass interference was an unprecedented questionable call. Like we haven't seen one of those in the league in a decade. So from that perspective, today today I agree with you on that front. Yeah, people are saying that Harrison Smith has to go too. Those were people are just trying to. Get him out of the game because of how good he is at safety. What you guys think of that? What you guys think of that helmet to helmet today? I thought that was one of his. He's he's been hit for some of these penalties. I thought that was a little ticky tack today. I think he's a marked man now, though. I think he's yeah. a marked man. I I think that um that crew probably went into the game waiting for him to do that, and he did it, and they called it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the problem is they're going to call that now. Here's my question, though: How did um I, I believe it was Jason Pierre Paul not get called for the clear elbow to Cousins' hel- helmet, which was a clear penalty. Like, there's no question. You are doing yeah. everything that, that you could, uh, possibly can in this league to protect QBs. And that was the second time in four games that Cousins has basically taken a direct hit to the head, which by definition on a quarterback is a penalty. Yeah. And it didn't get called. So yeah. that was a bad missed call. Hey, Michael, before we, before we say bye, let me ask you a question. What was your first Vikings memory? When was it? And what was your first Vikings heartbreak? Uh, first big Viking memory would have to either be that one big Adrian Peterson run against the Raiders. Oh, God, I forget when. Yep. Or it would have to be the Minneapolis Miracle. Biggest heartbreak was the loss to Philly. Yeah. So, you're man, you're just getting into this. Oh, you're in this for so you. much more, Michael. You've yeah, just years you've embarked on a lifetime of heartache, yeah. of, of run-first offensive schemes. Oh, man. 
It's going to be great for you. Wait for the Saints yeah. loss in 09 <laughs> or the 98 loss. Michael, you have a whole lifetime of this team causing you to bang your head off walls. I just about want to smash my head through a window, so. Don't do that, Michael. Yeah, don't, don't do, do it. Don't do it yet. Don't Prepare don't waste yourself, don't man. waste that on this year's team. Don't waste that on this year's team. All right, Michael. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks, dude. We appreciate it. I always, always like to to get the kids started young when it comes to Vikings disappointment. God, those poor babies. <laughs> the outfit of the show. Those poor kids. Some people are saying, no, 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 do it, do it, kid. Got some sadistic Vikings fans. I mean, it's pretty sadistic being a Viking fan, but. Are we going to continue here? Yes. Okay. I think so. Sorry, Van says Michael I'll looks like right Judd circa 1937. <laughs> I'll be right back. I've drank too much coffee. I'll be right back, though. All right. I got to get another cocktail at some point here. Corona hard seltzer is helping us do this. All right. Let's, let's, get, uh, to, let's get to our next one. Let's go to Mike. Mike, what's up, man? Oh, no. Oh, no. Can you guys hear me? Yes, yeah, sir. you wanted to talk yeah, to Judd? Well, no, no, no. I definitely want you guys in here. This has been the best. I thought I wanted to get on last week, and I couldn't get on. But Declan, thank you so much. Corona Heart Seltzer all the way. Upstate <laughs> New York. Remember, I've told you I'm going to get people on in upstate New York here because we have a lot of Vikings fans. I'll get Judd when he gets back here. But, Mackie, you said two of the best things today that are leading to my points. They are the – Number one team in sports. I've been saying this for years of not winning a championship because of the division winners that they've had, the NFC championships, the Hall of Famers, the amount of talent that they have had. Mm -hmm. And Declan, you even referred to it before. Carolina has been twice in the last 15 years. For us not to get there since 77 is a travesty. So you'll see where I'm going with this. So that's the first thing. When you said be reckless, absolutely. I'll go back to the 98 Vikings. Go look at their stats and go look at their team. If I look at Jefferson, Thielen, Cook, and even Irv Smith or Kyle Rudolph, let's just say it's Irv Smith. Irv Smith was great today. And you compare him to the four that we had in 98, our stats are better after, after these amount of games. If we score 35 points a game, we're going to win every game. We can do this. We can, we, this team has enough talent to score 35 points a game. Yeah. 14 and we missed 10 points. Yeah. I I, I, I feel like, just real quick, sorry, because I I agree 100%. Like, people watch the first quarter today. Yes. and, and, And they say, oh my God. The Vikings are moving the ball. This is great. They have more rushing yards against the Buccaneers than any team has had all season, and they're moving the ball down the field methodically with NFL Films Bells playing in the background, okay? Yep. Two questions for you guys. How many points did the Vikings score in the first quarter today? Six. Zero. 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 Oh, yeah, Zero. zero. How many targets did Justin Jefferson, the most electrifying weapon on this team, have in the first quarter today? Mind boggling. Zero. So yeah, like they went down, they and they scored early in the second quarter because they were driving in the field, but thought methodically driving. But dude, hit the accelerator once in a while offensively. If we score, so those two points, Mackie, were incredible. Uh, Declan, you made an awesome one too about the Carolina Panthers. This team should have been to the Super Bowl many times, not even just the NFC Championships. I want, I can't believe I would actually say this. 
get to the Super Bowl. Hopefully we win, but even if we lost, I got to get to the Super Bowl for crying out loud. This mm-hmm. is crazy. Judge, you've been saying it. All these fans that come on, and I'm noticing this, they're young. You even got that young guy that looks like you. That's awesome. But I'm sorry, they do not have the pain that Judd and I have had since even in the, my God, even in the early 70s. I mean, it's really terrible from that standpoint. So why do we go first and second and always go first and second goal and go backwards? We're notorious for that. Kickers kill us. You know that. Historically, they kill us. We got to do something with special teams. But now this is my biggest point. Zimmer and the coaching staff. It's been seven years. If you rank them, I'll put them fourth behind Dennis Green. I'll put them behind Jerry Burns and definitely Bud Grant. But here's the thing, and I'm not saying to – I understand, Phil, you've said it before too. Don't – you can't just take Spielman and the coaches and just, you know, every two or three years like the Browns and all that stuff. Yeah. You can't do oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we need youth. Somebody said it earlier. We need youth, and we need it in the coaching staff. We got to get different. We cannot. This team has to score thirty-five points a game, and it can't. Mike, you know, you know what, you know, I, you just, you just gave me a great idea because I agree. They need youth in the coaching staff. You know who they could use offensively? They could use a guy like Kevin Stefanski, <laughs> just a brilliant young yes. offensive mind. Uh, uh, just so you know, we did want him last year. Chris and I and my son and my daughter. Um, we were definitely stating we'd love to have Stefanski. I'm not saying Zimmer because I know some people are on the Zimmer train because they don't want to change. I just cannot. The guy said it earlier, 10 and 6, 9 and 7, even a 12 and 4, 13 and 3 year, but we'd lose to the Eagles. I was at the Minneapolis Miracle game. I was getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. I thought we were going to beat the Eagles. I was trying to stay positive, Judd. After all this negativity, I thought, this is it. If it's going to happen to the Vikings, it's going to be this year. I was actually live. My kids were with me. I saw the greatest thing on earth, live. Still disappointment, just like you said to these young kids. They're up for it until this happens. What coaching staff or what GM is not going to just worry about being good every year? I'm telling you, I'm going to say it. You guys have said it before. I will take two or three or four bad years in a row for a Super Bowl because no one has felt the pain. I know, Phil, you have. Judd, you definitely have. Declan, you have too. If Bridgewater's your pain, losing him, <laughs> my God, that's that would be – I would be so happy if that was all it was. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's consistent pain. And this – not just the Vikings, but the whole Twin Cities. I'm from upstate New York, and people can't believe I'm a Minnesota fan. And I'm sitting here going – this city deserves to have a championship from somebody soon. And it, I thought it was going to be the Vikings. Then I thought it would be the Twins. Now I'm rooting for the T-Wolves in the wild. I mean, what am I doing here? This Mike, is Mike we appreciate you coming on, dude. Love your yeah. passion. Come on again sometime. Um, thank you for, for, for hopping on here. Father with the Wilder Wolves. Okay, Mike? <laughs> I love, I love this comment from Andrew here on Score North Facebook. Mike Zimmer is the guy who has a Ferrari and drives 55 miles an hour. Whoa, yeah. easy. Right lane, right lane. Yeah. Blinker. He tells the OC, Gary, slow it down. We're going way too fast. <laughs> Shermer, uh, slow it down. Right, was like, Dex. I quit. Who else we got, Dex? Yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap up the show with Carlos. Carlos, what's up, man? 
Oh, you're muted, Carlos. Carlos. Like, there you go. You'll get there. Hold on, un- uh, unmute. Let's see if we can do it for him. Can I unmute him? I don't think I can. He has. Hey, Carlos. Hey, just pop him out of the screen real quick sure. there, and then we'll and we'll bring him back in. Yeah. Um, sorry, Carlos. We we had you were muted. We'll 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 bunch you back in here in a second. A lot. Of, by the way, a lot of people in the comments wanting Eric the Enemy to be the next head coach. All right. Uh, so there we, there we go. All right, Carlos. Fire away. Okay. All right. We'll so you can hear me now. Right? A lot of, by the way, a lot of. Yep. Although, Che, turn your turn your computer down because I, now I can hear myself oh, in delay on your. Sorry. All right, Carlos, fire away. All right. Okay. So you can hear me now. Right? <laughs> Let's put him back in the queue. We'll put him back on hold. It's okay. These are old school radio problems. Turn your radio down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is your radio turned up? You just got Carlos. You just got to turn off whatever you're listening to, and then you can pop on. You'll be able to hear us. We'll we'll, we'll try a third time. Just try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your radio right, one more. Time. You got it, Carlos. You just got to turn off whatever you're listening. Oh, this okay. is like Dan Bailey's day right now. Yeah, yeah. This is this is poor. Carlos is poor Dan Bailey right now. I think what's so here's what's happening. I think you've got a tab open on your computer that's the show, and the show is on delay. So just like get rid of that tab, but keep the uh, keep the other one open. Let's try one more time. I want to see if because Car- Carlos has been hanging out here for a while. It's just like, oh, there we go. I got it. I think you got it, dude. All right, fire All away. Right. Can you hear us? Okay. Yep, I can hear you guys. Cool. So three keys to our downfall today. Uh, first, uh, Dan Bailey. That goes without saying. That was pretty obvious. Um, I think he should have been cut yesterday, last week even. Um, I always felt like he had a noodle leg and couldn't be clutch from beyond 48. Um, secondly, you know, the play calling within the red zone was just atrocious. I can't understand why you wouldn't run it with Dalvin within 10 yards of the goal line. Uh, they seem to go to their passing game when you should be running and you had that Bucks D on their heels. And then third and final is just the refs calling. Obviously, the the Evans slip-up in Sklad, that was an atrocious call. And then also the, the PI on Josh Metellus, uh, which – was you know he just threw his arms up in the air and it was called so that was just three keys to our downfall right there carlos what you guys think great way to wrap it people by the way because you had technical difficulties i'm not laughing at you i'm laughing at the people in the comment section saying carlos's technical difficulties you are the dan bailey of the show (laughs) (laughs) but you brought brought great questions some ruthless um, commenters today. Yeah, that Bailey one. I actually kind of thought like when they when they went to the passing game inside the ten to answer uh, that question, I actually hate it when the Vikings hand off so much in like when it's you know first and goal at the nine. Okay, see how far you can get on first down. But what's the use in like chipping your way closer to the goal line? You should be throwing passes into the. You need to score a touchdown. So sometimes I feel like they run too much inside the red zone when it's a, a crammed space, but I'm not an offensive coordinator. Highlight mm. for today in the uh, second half, at least, Irv Smith Jr., mm-hmm. okay? Can can he just please become the primary target at tight end? Like, he, I keep saying this. He is the modern-day tight end, which is a hybrid of a wide receiver and tight end, okay? Just throw him the damn football. 
Right. Like, yeah, like, like, what's the what's this whole like? Is he not running perfect? What's the problem, dude? dude listen, Rudolph will be back next week, so you'll you'll get, know, plenty, I mean, you'll get plenty of plenty of Rudolph next week. And Conklin made some. I, I get it. He made some nice plays as well. But Irv Smith is a difference making tight end or has that potential. Can you please be incorporated routinely? I personally love the, uh, the when when Kyle Rudolph's on the field, the defensive tactic of just throwing a notebook down for him to trip over and uh, stopping him that way. Irv Smith will jump over it. So we got one more here, it looks like. Yeah. Darian. What's Darian. Up, Hi. Sorry, I was having technical difficulties. Um, yeah, just like our kickers. I <laughs> don't understand why this happens to us. Um <laughs> Every every single time, uh, since Gary Anderson, Gary Anderson went perfect the whole year just to lose when it matters, just like with with Dan Bailey, and just and just like with we we freaking Blair Walsh. I just what what kicker did we wrong in the, in the locker room? Do we have like skeletons or something under the under the stadium of of kickers that we beat up? I, I feel I think I think US US Bank Stadium and previously the Metrodome was like built over a kicker burial ground or something like an ancient there's, kicker burial ground. Like is George Blanda there's, down there? George Blanda. Yeah. <laughs> I I really just do not understand why this happens to us. But, you know, hence being a Vikings fan, but um I was going to ask so Everson Griffin um when you talking about having a vocal leader I know he was one of the, the biggest guys for us being a vocal leader. Um, do you think having him, I, I'm pretty sure we're never going to get him back, but if we probably would have had him, would that kind of make a difference or just to have that spark? Or I somebody like him? A big think, vet like that? I think it might have helped a little bit internally, like in the locker room and on, on the sideline. But I also think the Vikings assessment that he's probably cooked is accurate. So I think that the fall off the cliff as far as his ability on the field would be so far down. I think in foot in football, you, you've got to be really good to do that. Because if you're like, Mister, I'm going to be vocal, but I'm not good now. Guys are like, screw that. So I think the problem is trying to marry up a guy who can be that guy and also be like a Pro Bowl player. And I think Griffin yeah. is is far removed now from that, which is why Diggs was ideal, right? Because he's a great player, and yeah. it, and his intensity and words carried weight because he could back them up on the field but again you just can't go to like dalvin cook and be like you're that guy now it doesn't work like that it's got to be it's got to come from a place of of yourself not being forced into like a captaincy role which is why kirk just can't do it he's not the guy yeah and then even still like uh i know us having eric kendrick was making like a whole hell of a lot of difference today but um Another news, uh, Detroit and Green Bay are 14-7. So the possibility that Green Bay loses, do we still have a chance? Maybe. Well, you're also you're also if that happens, you realize that the Lions will have then tied the Vikings in the standings too. So But we beat them. I mean, we beat them twice, no. right? No. Why Dude, the, Dude, think about this. The the Lions, if they Darryl win Bevel. today, the Lions are they're one game behind a playoff spot. Daryl Bevel, man, making yep. a pitch for the full time job. Bam, our guy. God. I'm I'm still kind of hopeful for the rest of the season. Hence, everybody is healthy. And yes, I'm with you. I I 
at this point, we just need to start Irv Smith and just see what he has. Um, I love Kyle, but Kyle's only good from the red zone. He's not, to me, he's not good anywhere else. We need a guy that can kind of, um, you know, a game breaker or somebody that can, you know, just just be able to run down the field effectively and not trip over his own feet every now and again, you know. So I, I, I'd rather see Earl Smith and more of, um, damn, I forgot his name now. See, we had we had we had just talked about the slot receiver, and now I don't even remember him no more. Um, um, Chad Beebe. Not, not, yes, Beebe. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Bibi had that had his game and then now he disappeared. So we we have to find somebody in that third spot or some type of production other than Jefferson and and Thielen just so we can actually be a competent or a competent offense. But that's just my opinion. By the way, that would be so. Declan's guy, Chad Bibi. Trademark. I'm, I'm sorry, Declan. Don't don't kick me off the show, but You're good, man. I was rooting for him, but <laughs> He just doesn't, you know, there's something missing about him, and I don't know what it is. What's wrong with B.C. <laughs> so, Johnson? Yeah, that's what I have. B.C. Darian, Johnson, thanks, man. Appreciate Darian. B.C. Johnson got his chance, right? And, like, I think he had seven catches. I, he's fine. He's, 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 he's a decent, I mean. I think the starting point of the problem is until the coaching staff empowers the quarterback to actually throw two guys consistently, that you're at Thielen, Jefferson, and Kyle. It occurred to me just now. Do you know what the Vikings' problem is? Joe, we got a wrap, and you're bringing up what the Vikings' problem is? It's crystallized. (laughs) It's crystallized. The Vikings' problem is this. They're driving a 94 Cadillac, and it's a nice car. But people are like, don't you want to buy a new car? You got the money. And they're like, oh, no, no, this 94 Caddy runs perfectly. We We got our cousins dropping back. We got our Rudy at tight end, and he can catch everything. Can't gain much, but he can catch it, right? And we got our, here's the best part. We got a special engine installed with a Dalvin. Oh, you have a Dalvin. That's awesome. Yeah, it runs perfectly, just like the Earl Campbell ran. So a long time ago. So Why do you don't think, you get a new engine? So do you think the Vikings, the ni- so are you saying they are the 1991 Plymouth Acclaim, but they've put like a spoiler and some rims on it to try and make it look new? God. Or or yeah, are they yeah. are they a 2020 Ferrari and they drive it like some of our commenters have said 35 miles an hour on the shoulder blaring Creed over the loudspeaker? No system. no no because they they actually value the parts from the 91 Acclaim. Like Dalvin is very much the old school. To Phil's point, let's methodically move down the football field. But you're down by 17 points. Let's methodically move down. So you're, you're valuing these old parts that Grandpa had. And it's like, but those parts aren't what we're using now, Grandpa. I don't care, Junior, out of my way. Ooh, here I go. Yeah, no, I, 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 I love it. I'm, honk, I'm in. Honk. <laughs> Moving down the field. Get out I'm of in, my way. in here for these car analogies today. Um, hey, real quick before we before we say goodbye, this is the, this is by far the longest episode of post game Vikings vent line we've done so far this year. Not surprising, just because of the nature of this game. But um, uh, thank you to everyone who has supported us all year. This has been just a crazy and in some ways tumultuous year for us at Score North. But 
We've enjoyed having these daily conversations with you on Vikings Ventline and then Purple Daily uh, six other days a week. And so the best things you can do to support us, Mackie and Judd and Declan and Score North and Purple Daily and Vikings Ventline, is to subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And if you can, give us a five-star review and a positive or a, a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Purple Daily. It helps us. Uh, increase our discoverability so other people can discover our show as we as we go forward so um well that's a that's a wrap on this one a mm-hmm. lot a lot of discussion this week i think about where are we headed here vikings <laughs> where's this thing going i'm running my offense be quiet junior <laughs> i'm running my offense how i run it i really love i still think i think the best car analogy is uh is the guy who commented that they are a Ferrari driving 35 miles an hour with Creed playing as loud as possible. I think, I think that's it. <laughs> I think the guy that plays Creed to, uh, to, to call her Alex's point, I believe it was Alex. I think that, I think that guy might want out of the car. That's a great, I love that thought. I love anyway. the frustration of Kirk and him actually now being miffed I, that's a great that's a that's a great thread that, that we we should continue to recklessly speculate yeah. and go down on Mackie and judd and on the coaching front so i mm-hmm. i am not an advocate of blowing out gm coach quarterback at the same time under any circumstances unless you're a dumpster fire franchise i don't i, I think that's that's what dumpster fire franchises do you shouldn't do that but eric the is so interesting to me and he's got the minnesota connection he 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 is a huge reason why Adrian Peterson became the best running back in the NFL. Like I get that Adrian was wildly talented, but like sure. the way that beyond me coached him up and, and got the most out of him immediately starting in his rookie year as the running backs coach, um, someone's going to give the a shot. And I, I would be intrigued for the Vikings to take a look there, but still three games left and the Vikings can still technically run the table and make the playoffs. Yeah. So we'll see. The question is, who kicks field goals in those three games? Not Dan Bailey. And if I get my way, 47-year-old Four, four years younger Fox. than me. Four years younger than me. And you want to – you know, if you're going to go down that path, why, why not completely throw caution to the wind and call Vinatieri and Hattiesburg? Marvin Vinatieri. Do you think we got a chance, Adam? Yeah, I'm here for it. Let's do it. Hey, Kirk, what's going on? I'm starting Sunday. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right. So, all right. Well, that's that's a wrap on this episode of Vikings Vent Line. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff, and we'll do just for tomorrow on Mackey and Judd, the podcast, we'll do our pie chart of blame. And then on Purple Daily, we'll do our Vikings statements. So check us out on both platforms and we'll see you guys next time.